Street cop. Uh, rock and roll here. Uh, I should be able to see people's uh, comments on the left side of the screen. This is Facebook's new profile on how to do live videos. Apparently, it should be uh, rock and rolling now. We should be good. So, uh, real quick, I had a thought while I was doing my webinar today, and it's just about a little tip, maybe two or three stories to help you understand, especially for the newer guys. Now, for some of the seasoned veterans in here, this is going to be a no-brainer for everybody. But you got to remember that a lot of people come to this group because they are new. They need our help. We are their older brothers and sisters. And we got to share this information with them because if somebody had done that when we were new, it would have uh, saved us a lot of hard-learned mistakes. So let me give you some advice. Okay, cool. So we're here anyway. Let's get back to the point. I will try to avoid the fact or ignore the fact that we have a glitch happening on my screen. So look, let me give you a couple stories. Let me first give you this. Often on many occasions, we've talked in this group about when somebody doesn't and doesn't know the social security number and can't recite it. The number one tool that we're going to give you. Okay, cool. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, the number one tool that I'm going to give you on when somebody's probably lying about who they are 99.9% .9 of the time, an adult who cannot recite or give you their social security number. They can't remember it. They don't know it by heart. That's a real big indicator. However, one of the first early clues that you're going to have of somebody who is going to lie about who they are more than likely has warrants for their arrest is somebody with no identification on them. They may even have a wallet or a pocketbook, but inside you'll find everything except something that says who they are. Here's two stories to help advocate my point. The first one is this. Uh, and I'm just thinking back to some stories that I've had. There's hundreds of them, but we get a call of a possible like home invasion or burglary in progress. And I see a dude walking down a street who sticks out like a sore thumb and has a reaction to my presence. Now, did I think that this dude was the man who was sought to be possibly breaking into this house? Probably not, but I could still do a consensual encounter and maybe even have enough that junction to uh, roll it into a Terry-style investigative detention. So when I do stop him, he doesn't put up a fight. I don't have to tell him that he's free to leave. But I say, hey, man, we had, a, we had a burglary that just occurred. I want to ask you a few questions. You have a second. And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. What's up? And I could see he was vis visibly nervous. So. What happens is I ask him for his ID on him. Give your ID before we start. Can I just take a look at that real fast? As a consensual encounter, even if I had enough reasonable suspicion to for a Terry stop, it was viewed in the eyes of the court. Thank you for the hair. Thank you for the compliment, dude. Uh, uh, in the eyes of the court, we still had the ability to do a consensual encounter, right? I could still ask him for his ID, and I could check him for warrants under State versus Sloan 2008, which says in New Jersey, for the New Jersey police officers here, we do not need a reasonable suspicion to access the NCIC database to do a warrant check on somebody. And majority of states in the United States have concluded the same thing. You don't need it's, – it's open public records. There's only a few states that you're not allowed to do that. One's Minnesota, and I think one's Massachusetts. You can't do it in either one. Maybe Massachusetts you could, but I know for a fact Minnesota wants a reasonable suspicion free access NCIC database. So when I ask him where for his ID is, well, he's I had nothing on me. So then I start going about where are you coming from where you're headed to. So he said he took the train from Atlantic City to where we were in Island, New Jersey at this time. This is about a one-hour train ride. Well, what were you doing in Atlantic City? Uh, I was gambling all night. Now, who on God's green earth goes to Atlantic City and doesn't bring identification to a casino resort town? And when we say resort, that's very, very loosely uh, described as using an adjective for Atlantic City. Atlantic City's a lot of fun, but uh, a resort, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that term to describe a resort town. Anyway, so uh, he starts playing the name game with me, but is no social. So I'm like, oh, this dude's got to have warrants, right? So 
long story short, he tells me he's been arrested in a town in New Jersey. I think it was Fairfield or like some kind of Hanover or some shit like that. So I end up calling them, say, hey, this guy said he's been arrested there. And they say, no, we don't have any record of him. So I tell them, look, dude, you're about to get locked up. I, mean, I know you're lying about who you are. You've got an option. You can either tell me who you are and I will I will forego the hindering apprehension charge you're about to get because you ain't leaving here now that I, I know who you are uh, until I know who you are. And he goes, all right, I have a warrant. I have a warrant out of so-and-so for this. I go, okay, cool. So admission is probable cause. I put him in cuffs. And then as we're walking back to the patrol car in cuffs, he goes, oh, could you do me a favor? I said, yeah, what? He goes, in the garbage down the street, my wallet's in there. So when he saw me and I circled back around, he took his wallet out of his pocket and dumped it into the garbage can. So I said, yeah, I'm not going to play games. The guy gave it up. I'm not going to let him just dump his wallet and say, oh, fuck you, fuck your wallet. No, no, no. I'll go get it for you, dude. We're, we, got, we got business to take care. I'm going to treat you like a gentleman now. You came clean. We're done. You paid your dues. You're under arrest. And sure as shit, he popped for a ton of warrants. So we took something uh, out of nothing, right? We took a case that ended up becoming a, a like nothing. And, and we, we found something because I saw reactions to president. The guy was really having a reaction to my president in the police car. Second job, nothing big, nothing. I have plenty of stories to tell you. This is just for the newer guys to pay attention to what's going on. Second job is this. And this is what we said we want to share our experience with you. Just for example, I can't tell many times we get sent to shoplifters. We had a lot of commerce in the in the town that I worked in. So I get sent to a shoplifter. I just think this one off the top of my head. And I walk into this woman and I'm actually uh, a newer guy who's a sergeant now, uh, Joe Wilder, uh, was working the mall on mall duty, but I got a sign sent to the mall to pick up this woman and this man for shoplifting JC Pennies. No big deal. Uh, right around Christmas time. So I walk in. The JCPenney's loss prevention officer says, hey, they shoplifted, blah, blah. Here's a list of items. Here's the video. Great. That's them shoplifting. Perfect. I have probable cause. They're going to be arrested. Uh, impressed requirement requires me not to have to see it. Uh, sorry, the, the um, enumerated offense of shoplifting in every state. I don't have to witness it, but I saw it on CCTV, so it satisfies it. So, of course, in New Jersey, uh, as I advocate all the time, uh, we search bags before you transport. We have case law on that for us per se. And I would advocate it's not even a bad idea for other states as well to make sure you're searching bags and items contemporaneously with the arrest. You could do it as an inventory later on, but if you're going to call it a search incident to arrest in your court, you should do it at the same time that you make the arrest. Just good practical advice. Uh, you can always catch it later on with an inventory search, but just if you're going to write, think about how you're going to write more things. Case law coming into play here my story. So I go into her bag and she's got everything in the bag, right? She's got keys to her house. She's got her, uh, she's got everything in her bag. Of course, we also have gift cards, right? Which no, which tells me that she's shoplifting, returning items, getting gift cards, and going buying, purchasing items legally, or per se legally. But she has nothing identifying who she is in her whole big brown pocketbook. So I take my pen and pad out. I said, "Okay, you have ID on you." She goes, "No." I said, "You have a license in the state?" She goes, "I don't have a license." I'm looking at a lady in her mid to late thirties. I go, "Okay, cool. Let's get your name. Gives me a name." I go to the, then I ask her, of course, for a social security number. And again, this is not some crazy cockamamie story. This is just good advice for the newer guys and girls in here. So uh, she gives me her information. And I said, your social security number? She said, I don't know my social. I took my thing. I put it back. I never put it back in my pocket. I said, listen to me. I know that I may have a young looking face, but I'm in this game a very long time. At that time, probably about 13 years. I said, uh, let me tell you something. You're being arrested. Remember the last time you were arrested and you got fingerprinted? She looked at me and go, so judging by your response, I'm guessing you remembered very clearly last time you were arrested for shoplifting and they rolled, because these are professional shoplifters. This is a team of shoplifters ago. And they rolled your prints. That little machine there gives us instantaneous results via the internet on who you are. And mark my words, young lady, when we get back to headquarters, 
Okay, when we get back to headquarters, the first thing I'm doing is checking your prints to find out who you are. Now, you've got options. The option is stop playing games. Give me your information because inevitably you're going to find that. I'm going to charge you with hindering apprehension or whatever you would consider in your state to be or whatever is in your state for somebody lying about who they are when they're subject to giving the pedigree information. And they have to give your ID because they're under arrest. I said, or you can continue to play your game and then I'll type up a warrant. And whatever the original warrant you have for like those FTAs you have for not showing up for your shoplifting arrest last time that you're going to essentially get caught on. And she's looking at me and I'm like, and judging by that reaction, I'm guessing that you definitely know you're going to have warrants for your arrest for the last time you got caught shoplifting. So let's just cut the bullshit and give me your information. She continues to give me the same information. I go, now don't say I didn't warn you. So I take her and the boyfriend back. They say they don't know each other. This is a whole big They've been down this road before. So I take him back. He gives me his real information because he knows he has warrants. So I said to him, I go, who do you know her? They ended up having five mutual children together. So I'd ask him about who she is. He goes, oh, no, her name's D. So she hears it in the other room in the processing room. So I said, oh, yeah. So I go back to her and I go, hey, what's your, what's your name? She goes, oh, they call me C. I said, okay, you got kids with this gentleman. You say you guys don't know each other. You got children with this gentleman in here. And again, I'm just I'm advocating a point that if you find an adult and if she wrote rolling prints, she I charge you with hindering. I, I don't I don't bullshit people. I'm telling you, I'm going to charge you. And I give you an opportunity. Well, you're either going to get the opportunity to absolve yourself from the crime or from that additional charge because I have discretion in that. Or we're going to charge your ass. You want to play games with, my, with me? We ain't, I ain't playing games. Uh, I get the extra 15 minutes type of complaint. Not a problem. Um. We ran a print. She was somebody else. She was lying. I knew she was lying about who she was, but it took years for me to develop these skills or at least several times of knowing when somebody's lying about who you are. And essentially it's what tree cop training is. It's the field training that you probably all should have had. I mean, most cops did not get the training they, they needed to receive in order to perform this job uh, correctly. So when did they teach you at the academy? This is what you need to look for, right? I'm not criticizing academies. I know they're under a lot of stress and duration or, or duress to provide the training they can with the limited resources they have. But I'm saying that's why this exists. So if you have good advice that you want to pass along in the comments section, when I posted this, I also put a list, a series of questions you could use and ask people when you think that you're, when you're compelling ID from them on who they are. So not everything's going to be the biggest, how to get the biggest drug arrest. We have to get practical information all around because a lot of people are coming into this group, seeing these videos saying, man, how do I get to some of that stuff? Well, let's start you off with the simple stuff because when you get to understanding when people are lying about who they are, this is practical advice that could be used immediately and it can serve everybody in the law enforcement community. There are senior police officers who are still accepting false identifications, false information from people and not knowing any better. We're trying to curtail that and, and, and have progression and growth. So be smart. An adult with no ID or has no license, I usually call it the, you know, like the, um, the, the, the multiple touch, right? Like, oh, you have your ID on you? Oh. I don't have ID on me, sir. And we know that at that moment on the traffic stop, that's when we're going to have somebody step out of the car and off to the side of the road. We're never compelling ID while somebody sits inside of a car on a traffic stop. Because if you start to reveal that you're suspicious on a traffic stop, this is a whole different topic of discussion. But don't forget, on a traffic stop, the moment you hear somebody doesn't have their identification on them and they are compelling, you have to compel identification, knowing your state's case law, whether you adopt Mims or Wilson, according to the federal standard, read those cases, U.S. Uh, Pennsylvania versus Mims or Maryland v. Wilson, one followed the other. It had to do with when you're allowed to ask somebody to step out of a vehicle. If you are afforded that, that, opportu that, that opportunity and that power on a traffic stop that authorizes you to remove people from a car when you, seem, when you have just a traffic stop or whatever it may be, uh, 
had them step out. We want, don't want to be asking people identification factors or, or identifying uh, indicators or identifying information within earshot of somebody else. Because what we're going to do is we're going to ask them their information, go back and then ask them about their name and information. We want to see what the relationship is. And I'm going to determine whether or not I can, I can charge the other person with hindering that person's apprehension. So when somebody says, oh, that's my boyfriend, my girlfriend for three years. We have mutual children. We live together. That's my high school friend. I am developing enough of a, of a, of a case here to show you in court why I charge this gentleman with hindering his or her apprehension because they had three mutual children and she still lied about his name. We ain't playing games. And I got to tell you, folks, oftentimes you might say to yourself, well, what do you get on that? Like a, a bullshit. Everybody's going to say, oh, you got a bullshit travel warrant. You got to get them for shoplift. You got a child support warrant. Yeah, but you know what? Number 16, number 23, they're going to be wanted for something real good. And to let people walk away and be defeated because of mere laziness or or the fear of it being something small, you don't know who you're dealing with until you know who you're dealing with. And you better make sure the person in your license that you're looking at is the person with whom you're speaking with, right? I would certainly, as a normal course of conduct, even if you work in a state where it's not normal for police officers to compel or ask for their social security numbers, you still ask it. Well, our, our systems don't let us do that. It doesn't matter. It's a telltale sign of somebody who is lying about who they are. Knowing what your law says is imperative to know what to do in circumstances. And I would certainly be checking that picture on that license to make sure the person, I'm holding an eclipse pack of gum, but I would certainly be holding that picture of making sure the person I'm speaking with is the person with I'm speaking with. The person in that photo better match the person that's in front of my face right now. And think about how many times you do not even check pictures on traffic. Stuff. You don't even take a second to look at pictures and hold it up. But you go to a nightclub and the, and the $6, a $16 an hour bouncer definitely makes sure that he is speaking with the person who's speaking with because the repercussions are bigger, right? The bigger. So you have nightclub bouncers who have more accountability on And I'm guilty of it, guys. Like I'm fucking guilty of it, right? I did it myself. I have made mistakes. I have stories of that. I have stories of people saying, you had that girl in the traffic stop? Oh my God, we, we, you know, that's not her. I've been given IDs of other people who didn't even look like them. I accepted it because I was in a rush. I didn't take my time. I didn't slow down. I had to look. So without further ado, we are finished with this video. Hopefully it brought you value. It was designed for people with uh, less time on the job who've never been told this. It was designed for those guys and girls who, when they showed up at the police headquarters, they were given a shitty field trainer and a set of keys and said, here you go. And there's no accountability for proper training. We recognize that's an issue and we're not going to withhold training from you. We're going to give you as much as we can as a collective group and everybody, almost 60,000 members in this group. We all believe in the same thing, that it's imperative for us to provide training to those who do not receive it. This logo on my chest means one thing. People like us do things like this. It's a progression in law enforcement. Don't forget it. And that's what it's done for. That's what keeps me up here seven days a week, putting this training out for everybody in here because I get the messages back. Thank you. We get nothing else. That was a great video. I do that because I know it serves you well. So without further ado, as I said before, have a great day.